Stand by for the Terry Saul Show. Five, roll tape. Four, cue Terry. Three, bring audio up. Two, stand by. One, play intro. Stay tuned for the Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is being brought to you by the Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. Welcome once again to the Terry Saul Show on Salem's original station, KSLM AM and FM. I am your host, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. My guest is my buddy, Baron, who's back in, it's been a while since you've been here. Well, since the studio, yeah. Yeah. I think it was like March. Was it really? It's a ways, it was a while ago. It's been... So I did see at the golf course. Yeah. Did you see me playing golf? No. Nobody did. No. Because I didn't play. <laughs> no. Hmm. You said you were not going to chase that little white ball around the no. golf course. Well, you know, you hit a ball and then you got to go look for it. Uh, it well, you played golf with me, apparently, because I look for mine all the time. <laughs> so I just thinking, no, I'll just sit there and eat a hot dog. Yeah. It's been a while. What have you been up to? Well, the golf tournament was a ton of fun. We were glad you guys were there. Did you make any money off it? Actually, we did. Yeah. yeah. So the it was a it was a four day festival. Um, we grossed about fourteen thousand dollars. Nice. It was a good fundraiser for us that summer. Nice. And where yeah. does that money go? Well, uh, all I noticed you're wearing a new pair of shoes. Yeah, but they didn't go for me. <laughs> <laughs> probably, I would say probably eighty percent of what we raised stayed right back in our programs, which is nice. helping local people that are dealing with cancer right now. Right. Um, it's always been our goal as an organization to keep our administrative cost at 15% or less so that we're actually raising money for people, which was always our goal from the start. So, you know, I got a great compliment that in the midst of a pandemic, we managed to pull off a festival. What else you got? You got anything coming up? Actually, this weekend, you know, do you have something going on this weekend? Yeah, we've got uh, the fall festival. So one of the things we wanted to bring awareness to is September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. But we're in October. We're in October now. Only because what we had planned um, involved pumpkins and trick-or-treating and, you know, childhood-type things. Uh, the shirt that we're going to use uh, is a tie-dye shirt, so it's gold, which is childhood cancer's color, um, and orange, so very fall-looking. Saturday, we actually have a disc golf tournament. Today. Today. Yeah. Yeah, today, yeah. Right out there at Oak Knoll Golf Course. So okay. if your listeners happen to venture out Highway 22, um, there's a big, huge banner right as you enter the golf course says the Kicking Cancer for Kids Fall Festival. Nice. What time does it start? Nine o'clock in the morning. What's well, going on right now then? Yeah, yeah. Come on out and see the golfers. <laughs> okay. See the golfers hit a ball and go chase it. No, they're doing frisbees. Really? It's a disc golf tournament. Are you a disc golf, no. Terry? No. What is it? So they have uh, which basically a net bucket looking thing and they're throwing a frisbee towards this net so it's um it's not really golf like we think of it's more like a frisbee that you throw into this big net okay but these guys take this really serious they have multiple weighted discs that fly at different distances yeah disc golfers are pretty serious about their sport well most golfers are pretty serious about their sport they are i was that last one we were at i was trying to make fun of them and they were just not taking it no no but 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 if you stick around long enough the funny thing about what we did in july it was a four-person scramble. So okay. what that means is all four people hit their ball, and you go to the best positioned one. The other three of us move our balls oh, to nice. that spot, right? But every team figures out who the really good golfer is, so the rest of them can drink. 
So by about the 16th <laughs> hole, three of the four were drunk, and one guy still carried the team. Okay, your designated uh, player. Yeah, your designated driver. <laughs> and I and I mean that in the golf term, he's the designated driver. Yeah, but in disc golf, these guys we're doing a two-person scramble, so just two guys, same concept. They both throw their frisbee, the best positioned disc, then they move to that yeah. spot. Um, the great thing is, is one of your good friends, uh, Captain Richard, donated two dinner, or, I'm sorry, two lunch cruises on the boat. as the winning prize. Nice. So nice. whichever one has the best score, they're going to get a little present from the Willamette Queen. Nice. That's it. You know, years ago, years ago, um, I used to jump out of airplanes. And, you know, I never understood the concept of why would you jump out of a good airplane? Tell me that. <laughs> and, and now I'm terrified to fly. But but back then I was young. I was single. I wasn't a daddy. Um, and we jump out of fly uh, out of airplanes. And this is in Colorado. And some of the more experienced jumpers would have a frisbee with them. And they'd get down to about maybe 200 feet, and they'd toss the frisbee. And of course, the frisbee would get on the ground before they did. And they would maneuver around and land on the frisbee. Wow! Okay. I was lucky if I could land within 100 yards of the frisbee. Um, and and I didn't. My landings were not very well. Thank you. That's um, that's amazing. Would, you yeah, could actually they, maneuver your your parachute thing, and boy, they just move that sucker around and, and land right on the frisbees. That's very experienced jumpers. Like, yeah, very experienced. Yeah. Anyhow, so let's get back to your uh, fall festival now. On the what's the pumpkin patch you got going on? So for people who don't know, uh, if you go out to Oak Knoll Golf Course, just keep going right on through the road past the golf course. At the end of that road is Plumley Farms. Okay. And they have a big, huge pumpkin patch out there. Okay, so tell me about this pumpkin patch. So if you go to Oak Knoll Golf Course, they have a, a little hay ride that takes you from the golf course to the pumpkin patch. Okay. And so kids can just get a pumpkin at Plumley Farms. That's just kind of kicking cancer's way of supporting them for what they're doing for us. And, mm-hmm. you know, people need to buy a pumpkin anyway, so go out there and, and buy it. But it follows the kicking cancer for kids fall festival theme. That's the whole month. If you need a pumpkin, go out to Plumley Farms and get your pumpkin. Okay. Now, the other fun thing we're doing during this festival is on Halloween, they are inviting businesses no cost to the business, just bring your pop-up tent that has your logo on the tent and some candy for the kids, and they're going to create a contained trick-or-treating area. They're going to go up the ninth hole, the first hole, the 18th hole, which really? are all parallel holes, right? Yeah. And and so you bring your kid out in costume, you walk up and down the golf hole and from house to house, so to speak. Right. And, uh, and it's, again, totally free to the public to come on out and trick-or-treat. And totally free to the businesses to promote your business. What what time is that going to be happening? I mean, Halloween's going to be getting dark early. Yeah, I mean, I'm guessing five o'clock. Okay, um, it, it's going to be. It, it'll it, be dark at five o'clock. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be dusk. So I would say that as the sun's going down, come on out. Okay. Um, Halloween is on a Sunday this year, so it's not going to go real late because there's school the next day. Right. Um, but we don't want it to go too dark because then the kids can't see anything. Right. So I guess it kind of depends on when dusk is on Halloween so night. But what, what you want to do then is, is if you are a business, bring out some kind of an unusual lighting for your pop-up. Yeah. Just so the people can see there. And I mean, there's all kinds of ways of lighting it up and make it look cool. Yeah. Because as the, as the sun goes down, it will be harder to see. And then we did this last year with them. And as it got real dark, then everybody went home. So right. this is definitely a dusk activity. But it was, you know, last year, if you remember in, in October, 
we were really into the state's lockdown. There was not right. a lot going right. on. And I met with Carla Hicks that owns the golf course. And I said, let's find a way to get these kids a Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun last year. Now, see, here's the way I do it. Okay. I get out there early. I scope out these different businesses <laughs> to see who's got the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Yep, yep. And the Three Musketeer Bars. And that's where I go. Yeah. That's where I take my grandchildren. Go to this one. But, Grandpa, I don't want to go to this one. <laughs> and then when he yelled at us, like, that's okay, fun. I'll take these out of your that's your right. passport, right? <laughs> so, well, it sounds fun. And yeah. That's, that's, so it's basically taking place through the entire month. You got stuff going on. There's, there's, the entire month is the pumpkins on Halloween nights, one event. And, of course, today on Saturdays, the disc golf tournament. So, those are the other two big events that are okay. going on. All right, good. Now, you have a new sponsor, right? We do. We're actually working pretty heavily with Odd Moe's. Um, yeah, how did that come about? They have good pizza. It, they're great pizza. Yeah. yeah, and it was kind of a random meeting that Mike Sublet and I made. He's he's the co-owner of Odd Moe's, but um, through springtime, we were looking for some kind of a fundraising event, and they allowed us to go to every single one of theirs, Odd Moe's locations, one a week for eight weeks, Mm-hmm. And that particular location donated 20% of their sales back to us. And we did our pop-up tent and sold some T-shirts. And so when it was really hard to raise some money during COVID, we managed to pull in about $5,000 between selling shirts and pizza sales. Right. Um, and if you go to Oddmo's now, one of the great things they do is you can get pizza and beer delivered to your house from Odd Moe's. They have a liquor license. How, how, how can they deliver beer? They, they've got an OLCC liquor license. Yeah, but you can actually deliver that? Yeah. Really? You'd have to ask Mike that question. I don't know the answer. Okay. But, but he but he created an agreement with Sandy M. Brewing that there's a there's an, uh, an IPA that you can get only from Odd Moe's. It's called Moe Juicy. That's the name of the IPA. But on the side of it, it has the Kicking Cancer logo. Oh, nice. Then they did it um, yellow and black was there because um, Mike's sister passed away from bone cancer, mm-hmm. which is yellow. Yeah. So, yeah, they're a great new partner for us. We're having a lot of fun working alongside Odd Moe's. All right. they have anything coming up that uh, that you can think of offhand? And not specifically. Okay. Um, they, they are here. I mean, they're one of the sponsors for the disc golf tournament. Um, we've got 54 disc golfers out here today, and they all have these fun shirts on and Odmo's logos on the back of it. So they are one of the business sponsors okay. today. How's the How's the DeHart kid doing? I have not talked to him for a while, so I would love to know that answer as well. The last I talked to him, he was doing okay. Right. And for people that don't know, give us a recap real quick for him. Uh, so you had actually interviewed Nolan twice, and uh, Nolan, when he was three years old, was diagnosed with blood cancer. Mm-hmm. He battled through it until he was six up at Dornbecker's, which does amazing stuff for kids with cancer. At six, he thought he had beat it. When he was 12, he's in middle school and doing his little self-check, and they discover, oh, my gosh, this cancer's come back. The problem is it wasn't a new version of blood cancer. It was the exact same blood cancer. So the doctor said, this is obviously a, a really aggressive cancer. We have to get more aggressive in our treatment. And to get the cancer out of him, they had to give him enough chemo to almost kill him to kill the cancer. Really? But by the time he was 15, he was cancer-free. Can you imagine, that? Think, think back, Baron, when you were six years old, you didn't know what's going on half the time anyhow. Then you get to about 12 years old, and your body's changing, 
and now all of a sudden you realize you've got this cancer crap again. Yeah. And you know you're you're you've, you're in junior high, high school, junior high maybe. That's not a good time to be getting this stuff. No. No. I mean, never is a good time, but you know, it's just it's just the fact that. Uh, and he pulled through it. I mean, well, what, a, what a remarkable kid he is! I, I've had him in here twice. You say, yeah. And he's just uh, he's 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 part very polite. And he's he just, part of an adult study group. They're stu- they're taking kids that battled through chemo as children. They're studying the long term effects of chemo on kids. And he's like twenty eight years old now. Is he that old already? Yeah, but yeah. he's got the skeletal system of a seventy year old man. Hmm. Because while his bones were developing as a teenager, they're blasting him with chemotherapy to kill the cancer. So it was a double-edged sword. And if you remember meeting his mom, I actually asked his mom one time, I said, you know what was it like going through that with him? She said, it was hell. It was just, you know, to watch them almost kill your teenager so that you could get the cancer out. She said it was just horrible. It was horrible. And and, and you and I are both parents. And, and can you imagine? I, I just can't even fathom watching that happen to my child no no I mean, and it's, it's, and i've got a seven-year-old grandkid and he was going through that at the same age my, my grandson is i can't imagine my grandson going through that so no way no way at all yeah all right uh we got about a minute or so left what else going on um you know it's been a great it's been an amazing year to see this community rally around this organization in the midst of this pandemic that we're dealing with um the one thing i will tell your listeners is the, the numbers are officially out for last year. 1.8 million Americans got brand new cases of cancer last year. 1.8 million brand new cases on top of the 1.7 the year before that. And so our mission as an organization continues to be, we, we've got to empower people to take control of your own health and we've got to find a way to reduce this cancer. We, the, the numbers are just too high. All right. So we're going to take a break here in just a little bit here. When we come back, uh, you guys have been doing this for about three years now? Yep, just over three years. Yeah, and we're going to find out uh, where, where it's going. Sounds good. All right, so we'll take a break here. You're listening to the Terry Saul Show on 104.3 FM, 1220 AM, KSLM. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by the Lule Group, Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, Teresa Lule, State Farm Insurance. More with Baron from Kicking Cancer. In just a moment, stick around. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. We're back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to the Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. We are back. This is the Terry Saul Weekend Show. Today we're talking to my buddy Baron Robinson, who is uh, with the Kicking Cancer. Now, you guys have been doing this, I see you guys, you, you folks have been doing this for three years. Uh, first of all, how did this get started? For those that have listened to your show in the past, my... One guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got one guy. I named George. <laughs> George. Hey, George, good to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my sister, Brenda, was diagnosed in November 2015 with breast cancer. Um, it went metastatic, which means it left its place of origin and has moved through her body. How, did you, how was that phone call? Obviously, she had to call and say, hey, brother, guess what? And I, the reason why I'm asking this is because... 
I remember when my brother called me yeah. and told me, I've got lung cancer. Yeah. And that's just how we said it. He goes, hey, what are you doing? He goes, I've got lung cancer. He's like, okay, nice chatting with you. Yeah. Um, it, was a pretty, it was a pretty devastating phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any clue? No. I think you've heard Britta tell this story, but what's even more amazing is how she found out she had cancer. Right. By accident. Really by accident. Yeah. So her husband is a venture capitalist. <clears throat> he was raising some money for this doctor who was going to get a thermography machine. And what a thermography machine does is you sit in this chair and it does a scan of your body. Um, cancerous cells have a higher heat signature than the rest of your cells. So it's looking for hot cells, high, you know, high temperature cells. Very not, it's very non-invasive, very easy way to detect cancerous cells. They'd gone to L.A. They live in Arizona. They'd gone to L.A. to try to get some money for this machine. <clears throat> and Brenda goes, here, let me show you how easy this machine is. She sits down in the machine. And the doctor in front of this entire crowd says, did you know you have breast cancer? And that's how Just she like that. Just like that. Youch. <laughs> she had no idea. No idea she had breast cancer. So that's how she found out. So um, she calls her brother and she goes, hey, brother, guess what? She was in Arizona and we were here and it was a pretty tough couple years. Okay. But she flies up at Christmas time of 2017. Um, she had battled through the bulk of it. She was a lot healthier. And the first thing I noticed when she got off the plane was how much healthier she looked. She was always very, very trim, but she was more fit than normal. Um, and in our conversation, I'm like, you know, what are you doing? To fight this cancer that had gone metastatic, she was eating a lot more vegetables because all vegetables have phytonutrients that actually fight cancer. Um, and she was exercising more often. Um, your lymphatic system is like oil in your car. So if you just sit and don't do anything, you're, you're, like your car, if your car doesn't move, the oil doesn't move. And so if you're moving of any nature, it keeps the lymphatic system moving. So that's what she was doing. By the summer of 2018, I said, we should take what you do and share that with the world. And so we formed this little business together by this time three years ago had become Kicking Cancer. All right, how did you come up with that name? Um, we had done this thing called the Warrior Dash, which we've talked about before, but it's a three-mile trail run with some mud in it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you get dirty. Yeah, you get dirty. But um, my friends at Costco at the time did it with us, and, and I just wanted some kind of a shirt. So on the back of the shirt, it said, Kicking Cancer in the, with a picture of a donkey on it. Okay. The um, donkey's rear. The donkey's rear, yeah. Okay. So we're kicking cancer in the donkey's rear. Okay. Um, as we began to form the organization, we came up with a logo. So now it just says kicking cancer with the donkey on it. And mm -hmm. you can assume whatever you want mm -hmm. from that. People were oddly enough offended by the in the, even though we didn't say the A word, it was implied and they didn't like that. So we said, fine, we're just kicking cancer and the donkey's doing the kicking. Okay. But that's how that all came about. Okay. So we, we, we incorporated three years ago. In 2019, we began to break awareness of who we were and I began going to things and you know with my bright pink shirt on and like here's this brand new organization and as COVID hit I just didn't stop I just kept going places you know people what's, were like Here. what's been your biggest obstacle that's a good question you know I would say it's amazing how many silly obstacles keep coming along my way like what banking regulations government rules in place i mean just odd little things that pop up so you're, along the you're way. being monitored then by the by is it by the local government or is it by the 
national the big boys a little bit of both really a little bit of both um, it's because you're a non-profit organization and they're, they're wanting to know every dime you get and where it goes yeah so when we started this we were a not-for-profit i was just trying to raise money for brenda so it was a not-for-profit business but when we wanted to do more we had to be a 501c3 non-profit well those are monitored <clears throat> the department of justice actually monitors where your money's going so that if you say you're raising money for whatever that you're actually raising money for whatever you are monitored government bureaucratic oversight has been an interesting so challenge when these organizations come up and say hey we're raising money for cancer for blah 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 and then you hear down the road well only a certain percentage of that money went for that and the rest went for administrative costs so that somebody can sit in a nice office with a nice uh, chair looking out the window. And That does happen. That does happen. Um, one of the things that we've worked hard at, um, and, and you can, your listeners can research any organization. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the organization is. Paralyzed Veterans, Susan G. Komen, you pick one, they have to fill out a form. And it's readily available for you to look at, okay? So our objective has always been to keep 15% or less of the dollars that come in for administrative costs. We've got to pay for insurance. We've got, we've got a website. All these things that have to get paid for that are administrative costs. But we wanted 85 cents or more of every dollar to actually go to the programs, which are the things we're trying to do, help people locally. Um, I was pleased that in the midst of the pandemic, we came at 17% admin, and 83% of our money actually went to the programs. Okay, so when you say 83% went to the programs, what programs? Where did that 83% go? So we have we really only have two programs. We're either educating you on how to hopefully not get cancer, or we're supporting local people. The bulk of that money actually goes to the support side. The education side is usually funded by somebody locally. They'll, they'll donate some money to help one of our seminars happen but the bulk of the money actually goes to the people locally that are battling cancer do you get a lot of uh, donations yeah we, on our website you can go there it says donate now um the last time i moved money from the look from the website to the bank it was like three thousand dollars so that we had a lot of donations that come through the website we did the uh, festival that you and i talked about between corporate sponsors and people playing golf there was almost fourteen thousand dollars donated that way we have a venmo account that we use to sell shirts we've gotten five or six thousand dollars of through the sale of the shirts so we have a variety of ways that income comes in okay we need to take a short break <clears throat> when we come back more with today's guest today's show being brought to you by the lule group lule's car connection don lule homes and Teresa lule state farm insurance back with more in just a moment, stick around. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. We're back in 5, 4, Q Terry. 2, 1, you're on. You're listening to The Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM. Brought to you today by the Lule Group. Hey, this is Terry Saul, Saltissimo. Are you in the market for a new car? Well, if so, I encourage you to do what I do. Head down to Lule's Car Connection. Lule's has been selling quality vehicles for over 30 years. Lule's brokers any new vehicle selling within dealer invoice. Hey, check this out. Lule's has financing with most major lenders and credit unions. So do what I do. Stop by Lule's Car Connection located at 2055 Mission Street in Salem and tell them Saltissimo sent you. Lule's Car Connection. 
We are back with the Terry Stall Weekend Show on Salem's original radio station, KSLM AM and FM. I am your host. Today we're talking to my buddy, Baron Robinson from Kicking Cancer. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions that people may want to know. I know I do. Okay. Who's paying you? FedEx. No, but seriously. All right, smart Alec. <laughs> I was going to call you a smart ass, but I know I can't say the word ass on the radio, so I won't call you a smart ass. <laughs> good, ass. good. <laughs> um, are you making money off this? You no. personally? No, no. I started this. I started this three and a half years ago. Okay. To help my sister out. Right. And we raised about three thousand dollars, and I gave that to Brenda. So yeah. I didn't. How's make, she doing? She's doing great. Yeah. I'm going to actually go to Arizona in November and do a Spartan race with her in Good Arizona. You. Yeah. I, we missed her last time she came up here. And, yeah, she was kind of uh, in and gone, and we didn't right. have a chance to visit with you, but yeah, so she's doing great. Let's get back. Uh, tell her I said hello, by the way, next time you chat with her. Yeah. But um, you're not making any money off this? No. When when Britt and I decided to take this from the not-for-profit to make some money for her to a non-profit, I said, we're not going to put my salary into this because even if we made $50,000 that first year, which we didn't, but if we did, and we put a forty thousand dollar a year salary in there, then we're not giving anything back to anyone we're helping. Mm-hmm. And so for three years, I'm not getting paid because that's not why I started doing this. We do have some administrative costs, like most organizations, we have to pay for some insurance and there's some other administrative costs that to be paid for. Those goofy pink looking shirts? Uh, yeah, well, no, those are actually fundraising items. <laughs> <laughs> but the board isn't paid. We have three people on staff. They're not paid. I'm not paid. There's no one in the organization that's getting paid to do so this. So people are just doing this because they, they, they care that much about this program that they want to donate their time? and Yeah. And usually what happens is once I find someone that's going to stick around for a little bit, I've had people come and go, you know, but someone stays for a while. One of the very first questions I always say, so tell me your why. Like Brenda's my why. I get, I get why I'm so dedicated, but what's your why? And when I find their why, it usually makes them cry because their why touches them so deeply. You know, the lady that does all of our blogs, her name is Ricky. She has, she's been doing blogs now for two years. Her dad died of lung cancer. And so she wants to help this organization move forward to kind of honor what her father went through. Um, one of our board members lost her grandma. Um, another one of our board members is a survivor. They all have their own reason, but they all have the, the for the same reason. We all just want to eradicate cancer. We just want to, we want to help people that are going through it. And we want to turn the tide on these numbers. You're a, you're a small organization in Salem, Oregon. Are the big boys aware of you? Well, I can say that on our on our stories, they're all active blogs. So if you go to our website where there's our stories and you see anyone that you recognize, you can actually make a comment about them. And I have seen a few of the comments that come through. Well, Ricky filters those comments. She has actually, fil- some of them that have come in, she doesn't post on there because there are a few pharmaceutical companies that do know who we are and they have submitted comments on the blogs that we don't post. So yeah, they know who we are. <laughs> hmm. um, and, you know, I, I, I guess to some degree, my goal was to stir the pot enough that they wouldn't know who we are. We've got to turn the tide on society. It's going the wrong direction. Right. And if we right. don't, piss off the big boys, then we're not going to turn the tide on society. So, yeah. yeah and, and, you know, you, you mentioned the pharmaceutical companies there. Uh, we've talked about this before. I take more medication than I should. We went and refilled one prescription the other day. And because I have insurance through my wife, 
Um, thank goodness for that. It only cost me 20 bucks, but they give you a receipt of what it would cost if you didn't have the insurance. And it was $1,400 for 13, for 30 pills. Yeah. And, and I, and I think I'm lucky enough that I have insurance through Patty's work, but what about the people that don't have that insurance? How are they affording that? You can't afford that. You know, your social security is going to eat that up and just one, that's one pill. One of the things I'm really looking forward to, I just barely met this lady here in town. Her brother um, actually passed away from bone cancer, but before he passed away, he was living in the Seattle area, and he and his wife formed a group in, in, in Washington called Cancer Can't. It is dying days, hobbling through Olympia, Washington, in their state capital with his bone cancer. He had looked in his fridge and realized he had $70,000 of prescription drugs that he wasn't going to be able to use. They had been paid for by insurance or whoever. And so he convinced Seattle's, um, Washington's legislature to unanimously pass the Charitable Pharmacy Act, which means... Well, I think I'm liking where this is going. So what this it unanimously passed, think about anything, Terry, that goes through any Congress that gets unanimously passed. But what this in Washington, what it does is you can take your prescription drugs that you're not going to be able to use and give them back to the pharmacies who can then give them to someone who can't afford them. Washington passed it. So I've reached out to the lady who's running that organization and going, tell me what you did. How can we get this in Oregon? And what's going on with it? Where's it at? I, I, we just started the conversation, so I don't know yet where it's going to go. But if they could do it in Washington, why can't we do it in Oregon? We're talking about seventy thousand dollars. Is, is this time. something that the the governor needs to get involved with, or can you bypass this goofy governor? I mean, I would hope that we can just start pushing this through Senate. You know, right? Um, I'm hoping that some of the friends that I've made that are hopefully going to go to D.C. that this could be a national thing. But seriously, the, the dollars that pharmaceuticals charge and all of a sudden you can't even use these drugs because you're gonna die of cancer anyway or whatever you got, that you can then give them back to the pharmacies who can then give them to someone who can't afford them. Baron, the problem with giving them back to the pharmacies is uh, I, I have the little jars or whatever they are, containers that these pills come in, and I've got a whole bag full of them. I took it down the, the pharmacy and says, here, you guys want these? Nope, can't touch, can't touch them, no. throw them away. Throw them away, destroy them. But in Washington, they don't do that because of this charitable pharmaceutical act right. that got passed. When did it get passed? How come nobody knows about this? That's a really good question. When did it get passed? Two or three years ago. So and nobody knows about it. So but this guy's name was Jonathan, and yeah. right before he died, he died three years ago. So right before he died, he hobbles into Olympia, Washington. They're at their state capitol, pushing them to pass this thing, and they did pass it. So it's been, a, it's been a law in Washington for a couple years now. And we know nothing about it here. Nope. See, I knew somehow, some way you <laughs> pissed me off. I just knew it. You always do when you come in here. All right. It's always my goal. <laughs> so are you, are you going to try and, and push this? Yeah. So one of the things, one of my goals, we're in, next year we're in year four of our okay. organization. Okay. Um, I want to gain more momentum in year four. My goal in year five is we're going to organize a march on Salem's capital. And we're going to start asking, no, we're going to start demanding our legislation here in Oregon to pass some of these laws. I mean, here's another one that's just stupid. Insurance will pay if a woman has breast cancer in the left breast, they will pay for reconstructive surgery on the left breast, but not the right breast because the right breast is cosmetic. You're two for two. I know. You're pissing me off again. That now in seriously, in, in, that, in, in, are you serious? I'm that? serious. In Arizona, where Brenda's at, their laws say you just pay for both of them. Right. 
Oregon says, no, the left one is necessary. The right one is cosmetic. That's a stupid law. <laughs> we okay, need to change these laws. Is, is, is there a medical, something medical to back that up, that the one is okay, but the other ones you can do without? No. Don't I mean, worry. I'm not a doctor, so I shouldn't say no, but anyone I know that's in the breast cancer support side, it's like, you know, the left side is considered necessary because we did a mastectomy on the left side. The right side's okay, so we're not going to touch the right side. But now you're not balanced, and women's self-esteem is directly impacted. So what happens if it's the other way around? If, if again, I know nothing about breast cancer, but what if the, the breast cancer is in the right breast? doesn't matter. Then they would replace the right breast, but not the left. They're so gonna, they're, they're going to do one, but not both. That's the way the law currently stands. Really? And so... Again, I want to organize this march on the Capitol to go, some of these laws make no sense. You're not being, you're not taking care of the people. If you've got drugs that could be given back, give them back. If you've got cancer in one breast, replace both of them. These are just simple changes that we can do. So kicking cancer wants to get involved at a That's higher level. That's the biggest crock of crap I've heard in a long time. I knew I was going to piss off eventually. You know? <laughs> and what's, what's interesting, I, I know a doctor who, uh, back in Philadelphia, um, she runs an entire wing. She's probably one of the smartest people I think I've ever met, um, Dr. Uh, Massart. And I'm going to call her um, and ask her about that, if it's, that's the case back there in Philadelphia. Because each state's different. Yeah, because I think this is – what, what is it in Washington? I don't know what Washington is. I did tell that to Brenda, who's in Arizona, and right. she said, really? Because they – for her – they did reconstruction on both. Okay. So Arizona's laws are like, you, you fix one, you fix both. But Oregon's laws are not that way. So each state's a little bit different. Um, and the only reason I even know that is because I have some friends whose support groups are for breast right. cancer, right? right. Um, so I just think that as kicking cancer grows as an organization and we get more support because we're doing lots of cancers, that we can make an impact. We can make some changes. Sure. Now, you guys have a newsletter that comes out every how often? Every quarter. Every quarter? Okay. And you always put some interesting stories in it. You got one that you can share. We only got two minutes left, so if we need to, we can roll it over into the next segment. Well, I, this is a really great follow-up story. Um, some of your listeners might remember I talked about Jennifer Beaumont. She, every quarter we rally around somebody, and she was our fourth quarter last year. Um, in the midst of COVID, she was dealing with lung cancer. Okay. So that was last year. So this is kind of a follow-up to what she was going through. Uh, July 23rd of last year was the day she found that she had lung cancer. So it was one of the three worst days of her life. Um, but I want you to hear what she's gone through in the last year. She says she's had four hospital visits, seven radiation appointments, 35 trips to Portland, nine trips to Salem. She lives in Albany. Uh, five tumors, three types of cancer, three surgeries, 14 weeks of chemotherapy, three drainage tubes, 16 stitches, 26 different prescription medications, six CT scans, two MRIs, two PET scans, three hearing aids, one drive-by parade on December 15th from the Corvallis Nights and Kicking Cancer. But most importantly, she's had 365 mornings to wake up and learn to breathe again. Now, see, <laughs> this is... This is you're going to get me to do it. You've never done that. <laughs> this is somebody who's gone through everything that you just said. She's more excited that she can wake up every morning than to worry about everything that she's just gone through in the past year. Yeah. So the title of that article is actually called Being Part of 3% because less than 3% of people survive lung cancer. That is unbelievable. 
Okay, we need to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting warmed up on today's show. It's being brought to you by the Lule Group. Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Homes, and Teresa Lule. State Farm Insurance, more back with more back? Yes, back with more of Baron in just a little bit. We're back in five, four, Q Terry, two, one, you're on. You're listening to the Terry Saul Show on KSLM AM and FM, brought to you today by the Lule Group. We are back with our final few minutes. Today's guest has been my buddy Baron Robinson from Kicking Cancer. You mentioned a board. How do people become a member of the board? The board interviews potential candidates. So in my meeting people in the area, um, you know, I kind of bring somebody's name and, and they have a resume. Um, we have seven positions. I'm one of them. So we have six mem- other members of the board. Three of them have a position, president, treasurer, secretary. Three of them run our three pillars. So we have a support pillar. So we have a support director, an education director, and an action director. Mm-hmm. When a position becomes available or open, then I go to the board with, you know, here's a potential candidate. Here's what the resume looks like. They do uh, an interview to see if there's a good fit. And we say, well, this is the spot we're looking for. We're looking for a support director, which means you're going to be dealing with volunteers and the support side to see if there's a good fit. So that's kind of how our board works out. And uh, you were going to read me something on uh, from a board member? Yeah. So got? We, we actually had the treasury spot come open. And this gal had been our CFO for some time. And so it just made sense that she actually be on the board creating policy and, you know, the treasurer. I always ask the board members, like, what's your why? Why does kicking can- why does the, the mission of kicking cancer important to you? Um, so she said, my personal why comes from two places. One, I like, I, like almost everyone, has known many family members and friends who have endured cancer. Several have lived and beaten it, including my mother, who was diagnosed at 62 with breast cancer and lived another 30-plus years nice. before Alzheimer's and pure old age took her from us. So it wasn't the cancer. She lived 30 years after me. Um, Many, sadly, have succumbed, including friends with breast, colon, lung, brain, uterine, many of their cancers. So for her, it's just all these friends. Um, Her her husband's actually a retired doctor, so this is kind of close to her. She says, my other why for me comes from a deep gratitude for my own health. At 61, I have had my share of dings and dents in my body, but my overall health is excellent. I will take some of the credit for living and eating fairly healthy. I also credit my parents with passing along good genes. I want to be part of a movement to get more people to love their bodies and treat with respect that only body they will have and deserved. I want to help support the people fighting cancer and their families. Don't get me wrong, it's not someone's fault if they get cancer. So many variables lead to cancer. Many of them probably are still unknown. All all we can do with our lifestyle in eating is lessen our chances of getting or increase our chances of surviving it. Anyone who can get cancer, no matter how they live. Kicking cancer isn't groundbreaking research for cures or inventing drugs to treat or fight cancer. Others with the education and skills are doing that work, and I support them. Kicking cancer, providing support today, helping people to live better, and as part of that, help to avoid the cancer altogether. So and that's yeah. why she's on the board. Yep, 
Yeah, I mean, I just feel really blessed that we have such great people on our board. And this lady, by the way, her name is Jill. She lives in Gaston, which is out near Forest Grove. Okay. So she's not a Salem person. Right. Um, one of our board members lives in Albany. Um, one of our board members lives in outside of Longview, Washington. So our board is stretched out a little bit. Right. A lot of our board meetings are Zoom meetings. We do twice a year. We do an, a working session when we're together. But um, we wanted a diverse board spread out with lots of ages and lots of backgrounds. And what are, What is the age range? Um, our youngest is 23 and our oldest is 63. Why did the 23-year-old want to become a member of this? Because her grandmother died from Got it. breast cancer. Okay. Your shirts you have you have I, I make fun of your shirts, but it's it's done just in a joking manner. But they are worldwide, aren't they? They are. You've got shirts that you're mailing out to where? Well, the most recent went to South Korea. Okay. Um, we've got one shirt in Ethiopia. Don't send one to North Korea. He might <laughs> he might want to get it personally. Yeah. Ethiopia though. Yeah, we do have one in Ethiopia. Um, we have followers in a big following. Oddly enough, in Uganda. Pakistan, India, and the Philippines. Those really? four countries. Um, you know, as, as as social media has progressed in the United States, uh, I was told the other day that old people do Facebook. You know, <laughs> young people are doing Instagram and TikTok and whatever. Right. But other nations, Facebook is relatively new to them. Right. So Facebook has been a way to get the message to Uganda and the Philippines and Pakistan. And they, they love the message of kicking cancer in these other countries. And you're sending shirts to all of them? Do you ever get any photographs from the, who you send them to where they say, yep, I'm wearing it proudly from... Oh, yeah. We've got a really cool else. shirt from Ethiopia, a picture from Ethiopia. That's yeah. a really cool shirt. Yeah. I have I have a listener. I've never met her. Um, she's in Spain, and she sends me emails almost uh, two or three a month just to, because she lived in Salem for a while, and she ended up in Spain. And she likes listening to whatever I'm talking about and with whoever I'm talking about. Uh, this internet stuff is, is amazing because yeah. it's worldwide. Yeah. And every time we do a show together, then I take the link of our show and then share it. So, you know, it takes people to say, well, here's Terry Soul and there's an interview with, with right. Baron. And then our listeners can listen to this interview again because of the internet stuff we've got going on. Amazing how this is working. Yeah. Um, we got about two and a half minutes left. What's your mission? Where are you going from here? One of the things I'm working really hard on, especially for this next year, is to find established nonprofits that we can work alongside. I don't want to take their donor base. I don't want to steal their mission. I just want to work side by side. The Why? phrase I'm using is one voice, one mission. Okay. Why? Because we're going to get to the end result faster if we work together. Too many organizations, they battle each other trying to steal the pennies that are left on the floor of the donors that are out there. I could really care less what your donors are giving you because we're going to have our donors are going to have your donors. You, you, you said a minute ago you want to get to the end, which is what, to cure cancer? But I don't think that's ever going to happen because there are doctors that are being paid not to find it, correct? Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're being paid not to. That would be a... Okay. That would be a... Slow down. But what I can tell you is... Um, I, I did some digging in 1900, so 120 years ago, there were 52,000 new cases of cancer in the United States. Okay. 52,000 in the whole United States. Okay. By 1963, we were up to 500,000. By 71, we were up to 600,000, and President Nixon started the war on cancer. Here we sit 50 years later, 
1.8 million. We're not slowing down new cases. So my goal is to turn the tide. We're not going to get rid of cancer, but we can at least greatly reduce it. And cancer is always going to exist. It always has existed. It's right. just cells that go crazy. But to go from 52,000 to 1.8 million in 120 years, with all the medical knowledge that we have out there, we can turn the tide. That's my goal. Turn the tide. And you think you will? No, I think we will. We will. You, me, everyone of your listeners. It's a group effort. And that's why one voice, one mission. We are out of time. How do people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? Don't give us your cell phone number because the crazy ones are gone. <laughs> no, just go to just go to kickingcancer.org. All our information is on there, kicking-cancer.org. Um, my email is on there. You can get a hold of us through our website. Okay. And once again, what's going on this, today? Today, there's a golf tournament, disc golf tournament out at Oak Knoll Golf Course. And All we're right. glad you're out there supporting us. Would you, uh, would you come back and do this again? Whenever you want. All right. Thank you, sir. Um, that's it. We're about out of time. Our guest today has been Baron Robinson from the Kicking Cancer. We'll see you next time. We're just about out of time for today's show. Remember, you can catch our show every Saturday at 10 a.m. and a replay Sundays at 6 p.m. right here on Salem's original radio station, KSLM. A reminder, if you missed any of today's show or would like to hear any of my shows, you can always hear a podcast on our official KSLM website at www.kslm.news or on my official website at www.terrysaul.com. If you would like to drop me a note, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is terry at kslm.news. We'll see you next time. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to The Terry Saul Show on Salem's original radio station, 104.3 FM and 1220 AM KSLM. Today's show is brought to you by The Lule Group, featuring Lule's Car Connection, Don Lule Holmes, and Teresa Lule's State Farm Insurance. That's a wrap. Thanks, everybody. Good show. Bye, everybody.